Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ooh, my favorite Christmas carol and song are the same. What? Joy to the world. How's that go? Joy, Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Is Silent Night a carol? Does that count? That's nice. It's the Mariah version. Joy to the world. Welcome to the Football Rambles Guide 2. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Jim Campbell. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Christmas is all about traditions. Mince pies, terrible jumpers, arguing with your family, and one of the most divisive traditions of all, more divisive even than sprouts, is of course football. For some, it's intrusive. For some, Christmas wouldn't be the same without it. In the second half, the orange ball burst and the fans weren't happy. Is there a cosier feeling than overindulging at home while the pros run around in freezing conditions all for our entertainment? Jaw-dropping. Incredible Boxing Day drama at Old Trafford. Is there a better setting for precious Christmas memories than a family outing to watch your team on Boxing Day? It's a tradition, I get all that, but um, it's, it's really tough. It's just 95 minutes every three days. Wherever you stand, we think they should just get on with it, unless they've picked up enough sneaky bookings to get Christmas off. In which case, well played, lads. So put on your stupid jumper, fix yourself a drink, and then fix yourself another one, because this is the Football Rambles Guide to Christmas Football. 
Merry Christmas, Luke. Merry Christmas, Jim. Merry Christmas yourself. Merry Christmas, one and all. Merry Christmas to everyone. It's nearly here. Yeah, the exactly. The big day. We're all here, aren't we? Spreading joy to the world. Gathering winter fuel, yeah. as they say. Drinking winter fuel. <laughs> <laughs> if you're having a very boring Christmas, yeah. what kind of Christmas tradition is that in your house? I don't even know what it is. Protein. Is it... Get the protein in, or you can't open your presents. <laughs> no um, flavour this year. Yeah. No, not too much longer after the World Cup final has just been won. Yeah. Are we just into the League Cup <laughs> and now about to get in yeah. to the Boxing Day Premier League fixtures? Is is this too much football? I mean, in the past we've said this is too much football, but this this is really is it too much? I mean, the League Cup off the back of the World Cup final and now the Premier League returning in a couple of days' time. I think we are learning that there can be too much football. <laughs> Um, FIFA and UEFA and the Premier League are going to keep disregarding that. So this is what we've signed up to now, isn't it? We all work in this game. So this is this is our lot. They're doing the Club World Cup 32-teamer on Christmas Day. <laughs> the whole thing is going to happen on Christmas Day. So we start, yeah. finish the Christmas, Christmas Cup. Yeah. Why didn't we think of this before? Christmas morning, you're in the hat. <laughs> By the time the King's Speech is finished, you're in the semi-final. Oh, King's when you're Speech just, this year, yeah. of course. You're nodding off with a glass of port. They crown the winner. <laughs> Squeeze as much in as possible. What I think is quite funny is that in the past, we've had the full slate of Premier League fixtures on Boxing Day and then another round of fixtures on like the 28th, 29th of December and then another full schedule on New Year's Day. But because of the World Cup, the Premier League have said this year, you know, we're going to be slightly less intensive. Um, no match day between Boxing Day and New Year's Day. You can have that time off, lads. But there's still three match days between December the 26th and January the 5th. Yeah, that's not what people meant, was it? Yeah, it's like, a lot that, of... Like, pausing one fixture is not quite enough. Well, you say that, and while I understand and accept that the amount of match weeks has been reduced Fantasy across Fantasy Premier League match weeks, don't get them wrong, Luke. Exactly, exactly. Make sure you make your transfers. Yeah, I will. Don't worry about that. I'm still way ahead of you. Um, <laughs> there are games in the Premier League alone on the 26th, the 27th, the 28th, the 30th, the 31st and the 1st. <laughs> so I don't think we're going to be short of football necessarily. No. So the Premier League have technically reduced it but really, there's games pretty much every day, I think, apart from Thursday, the 29th of December. And also, you can't avoid watching them because when they're all on Amazon Prime, you can watch every single yeah. one of them because there's obviously no three o'clock blackout on Boxing Day either when the games are at three o'clock. It's just all down to how many screens you've got. <laughs> and I want to be I don't want to be rude or mean-spirited because I understand it's Christmas. There's a time for love and the sharing of the joy of the world and all the rest of it. And I love Christmas personally. But there are people out there who hate their families <laughs> and they will be very, very excited about having some football to watch, won't they? And I think you've got I to think, think so. of them as well. Do yeah. your family hate you? <laughs> <laughs> are they glad yeah. when you go to Fratton Park on Boxing yeah. Day? They're away this year. <laughs> I wonder why. Telling, yeah. isn't it? It's the, no, away from you. Portsmouth are away, not my family. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I know, unless you know like I don't. But um, do you know what? Joking aside, normally... My family and I would go to either Fratton Park or Privet Park where Gosport Borough play. But for the first time I can remember, both teams were away on Boxing Day. That never normally happens. It's normally one or the other. They rotate it. So they're never both at home. Mm. But normally they're not both away. So I, and I love going to Gosport Borough, particularly because I normally see quite a lot of my friends that I haven't seen for a long, long time. So I'm a bit of a catch-up. And non-league football's great generally anyway. So yeah. my, my family, in opposition to what I've just said about people hating their families, <laughs> that my family, I think, do see a bit of sport as part of the whole thing and they're happy mm. to come to the game as well. Well, the, the flip side of that as well is if, you, if you're from a family who don't particularly like football and, and mine don't, then if you end up watching it, um, then you it's rare that you watch football with people who don't like it. Mm. And 
every time someone gets legitimately fouled, they're diving. Um, yeah. And every time a team are keeping possession, they keep going backwards. Yeah. That's my dad's favourite. <laughs> yeah. um, and it, it's weird, isn't it? It's, yeah. rare, it's rare that you watch football with people that don't like football and it can be absolutely maddening. You get it a lot in tournaments, actually. It can be quite entertaining as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, and it, you, you can get a little bit of insight from people who aren't so close to it as well. Fresh pair of eyes. Yes. Very true. It's fair to say that the um, this amount of football at this time of year historically has, has split opinion, especially with um, coaches and foreign players who maybe aren't aren't from England because it's such an English tradition, yeah. isn't it? So, for example, Louis van Gaal, who we all love, legend. just an absolute character, a legend. In 2016, he said of this amount of football, there is no winter break and I think that is the most evil thing of this culture. <laughs> <laughs> of this culture. He, he looks around the, in, the absolute injustice across the United Kingdom and says <laughs> this yeah it's the winter break isn't it we're all thinking it uh, and I think that it, it comes up a lot though because when, when managers have, have come from particularly Germany I would say but but definitely other parts of Europe as well they do look at the Premier League and go they, this is relentless mm. not just the schedule but the pace it's played out there the um, the kind of, kind of never say die attitude and I can remember when um, Gianluca Vialli came over to the Premier League and they asked him what he liked about the game, about, about the Premier League and why he came here. And he said, oh, I like it because all the teams try till the end. And what he was basically saying was, like, in Italy, if a team hasn't got a chance of being relegated or, or promoted or whatever, they just don't bother. They just, mm. they just fill the fixtures out and get, get rid of them and, and that's it. Whereas in, in, in England, I think the, the culture is to go for it 100%, 100 miles an hour all the time. And I think that's an interesting juxtaposition to, to, um, to Europe, particularly aside from the fact that in Germany they have quite a sizable winter break anyway. Mm. And when there's a busy week, they call it an English week, don't they, in Germany? Do they? That's I didn't their, know that. That's it's their three-game week. The three-game week they call it an English week. Do they? Because England have got a reputation for it, yeah. That's funny. I didn't know that. Well, I mean, we think about it from our perspective. You know, we love watching the football around Christmas. And even when there is that much, I'll still watch it all. I will. I, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I might be saying now, God, there's so much football, but I'll still bloody watch it 100%. But for some players and managers, we don't think about it from their perspective. Playing on Boxing Day and losing, I mean, that could completely ruin a Christmas if they've had a heavy defeat. Um, I think in 2013, when Brendan Rodgers was Liverpool manager, he said, we lost at Stoke. I got home on Boxing Day night and family and guests were all around the house, but I went straight upstairs to my room and didn't come out. <laughs> Emo teenager <laughs> Brendan Rodgers. amazing. I love it. <laughs> Stop the avanescence on. <laughs> update, Headphones up, on. Yeah, updated his MySpace. No one understands me. <laughs> Brendan, you coming down yeah. for leftovers? <laughs> Never going to Stoke again. No Never going to Stoke again. <laughs> I can imagine Brendan doing that because hasn't Brendan famously got a massive portrait of himself above his own fireplace? That no, that popped doesn't. up. That did. That popped up in the Liverpool documentary when he mm. was a coach there. It was like a, in the background as he walked into his house. They filmed him and he had a massive Brendan Rodgers portrait mm. above his mantelpiece in his family home. Strange. Yeah, it's almost a bit like when Cristiano Ronaldo used to post stuff on Instagram saying having a great family holiday, and it was him just standing there with his abs <laughs> out on his own. Like, who's taking the photo? Um, well, what are the origins of Christmas football? Why why is it such a tradition in England? Well, it actually people might think that this might be a modern thing because of TV and having loads of stuff to, to watch in terms of broadcasters wanting more football on TV. But actually, it has more historical roots, doesn't it? Because um, it actually has historical roots in medieval football or mob football. And the games were often put on at Christmas. So in Scotland, there's this tradition of the Orkney bar game, Jim. Um, have you seen this? I have. Yeah, it's very intense. And it comes out of the... the uh, original mob football which was um 
to explain it really in, in, in a way that tells you everything about it, there was one rule, which was that you couldn't kill anyone. <laughs> that, was, that was the only rule. And actually the reason that we know about a lot of how this happened is from very primitive medical records. So right. quite often the reason we know about this is because someone did kill someone. Yeah. So, so it's <laughs> oh, right. absolutely crazy. But, but the Orkney game, they play the uppies versus the downies, right? Yeah. The, and the, the it goes across the, the whole and town. The doing the gates. Yeah. yeah, it goes it, like across the whole town. That's how it ended up getting banned because, like, basically shops and things and people's businesses would end up getting smashed up by a huge game of mob mm-hmm. football, which would take place across the whole town. There'd be sort of one end of the town has a goal somewhere, one one has one somewhere else, and it might be like a church roof or something yeah, like that, the, and you've got to get the ball up there and then you win. Like, I've watched a video of this. There's no feet used in this, no, by the no. way. Then, at no you point in theory feet could get use your feet, it's but a big it's scrum. not going to work, yeah. is it? But if you're talking about where the goals are, in that Orkney game, the Dooney's goal is the sea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's literally the sea. Yeah. If you get the ball in the sea as the uppies, you score. Um, and and I remember filling in on a radio show when over Christmas a number of years ago when people were off and they said they need someone to come in. So I went and did a show with Paul Hawksby, and um, <laughs> there was one of these medieval games going on, these mob football games going on. It still happens in a place in Gloucestershire. I forget the name of it, but I think it's in Gloucestershire. And they still do it. And it's obviously a very watered down version. It's not quite as aggressive. It's a motorway service station, isn't it? I think no, this one's it. in like a little no, village, right? Gloucester. It's the only thing it's known for. Is that what you're saying? To the amazing historic county of Gloucester. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it would be a funny place for a mob football game to break out. <laughs> Paul Hawksby knew someone who was playing in it, but because the game goes on for about seven hours, mm-hmm. right, he just kept crossing to him in the scrum on his mobile phone. <laughs> how you doing? How you doing, Dave? Yeah, we're about 25 feet further on from when you last called me an hour ago. Are you still in it? Yeah, I'm getting a bit sweaty. All right, more from Dave later. And he would go to it. like He went through That's it three or four bad. times in the show. And, and, and the only difference is that it's obviously massively watered down and no one gets properly injured or hurt. Or anything. Yeah. Although that, yeah. the, the, there's a video we all watched from, from the game in the Orkneys and there are some punches thrown. Oh, it gets yeah. a bit tasty. It does yeah. get tasty. And one, one of my favourite things about that video that we're talking about, and you can have a little look for it because it's on YouTube is um, there's a it's all very it's, it's quite rough isn't it and it's it's basically 350 blokes in a scrum and they're all trying to get to this bar the ball and uh, there's punches being thrown people are arguing they're fighting and then there's just this shot of this sweet old lady and she goes Come on, the Doonies. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Then chucked a bottle. Ultra, ultra. <laughs> it's proper village stuff. I love yeah. it. I love that. Um, but matches actually used to be played on Christmas Day because yeah. now, we're, you know, we talk about football being a Boxing Day tradition. And as Luke pointed out, you know, there's games pretty much every day. Uh, but at least they don't play on Christmas Day now. I mean, poor sods do have to train on Christmas Day, though. But yeah, anyway, yeah. whatever. Um, Blackburn against Blackpool is a is the last recorded example in 1964 of a Christmas Day match. But if you think that's a tough away day, in 1940, my Brighton went to Norwich on Christmas Day and they were beaten 18-0. Yeah, this is a crazy game. 18-0. We've actually touched on this before. I think we did it on one of um, last year's Christmas shows. We talked about this. The, the lineup for the game is absolutely brilliant. Um, Brighton went up on Christmas Eve with four senior players. Just four senior players decided to turn up for this but instead of cancelling Brighton decided you know what we're going to give the fans who have paid their money to be here a game no matter what so the rest of Brighton's team was just randomers plucked out from the crowd Luke yeah and and so what's interesting about this era is that in during the war for obvious reasons a lot of men were away that players went and served all the games during World War II were officially listed as friendlies and so it was seen as quite an unofficial thing so a lot of players would fairly regularly just turn out for other clubs and yeah. it wouldn't be seen as a big deal. And the clubs themselves would organise the games rather than the Football Association. So it was kind of done on a friendly basis. And this game on um, 
on Christmas Day where Brighton lost 18-0. Um, <laughs> it's notable for a couple of reasons, which I'll come on to, but a few months before that, uh, Brighton had organised a game in September 1940 against Southampton, and the game was abandoned after five minutes because the Luftwaffe turned up. <laughs> and everyone was like, there's going to be a raid, we've got to yeah. go, and everyone just had to flee, basically. Um, and I also... I also Easy one for the ref. That, know, exactly, yeah. Play on! Yeah, but, but going back to the Christmas Day game, first of all, it's quite interesting thinking about how much scandal there is, and rightly so, when the fixture computer chucks up a, get a big away trip on like Boxing Day. First of all, Brighton going to Norwich on Christmas Day, it's quite a trip, <laughs> yeah. given that it's during the war, and only necessary journeys are officially sanctioned at that point anyway, but 1,500 fans turned up who obviously thought it was a necessary journey. Yeah. And you, you also have, you've got no idea, if, the, if the, the, from the Brighton perspective, you've got no idea if the fans are coming or not, because there's simply no way to find out. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. And, and the other reason it's notable, I think, is the fact that isn't Joe Wilson played in it, who's one of Brighton's best ever players. I mean, he... he um, he ended up playing over 350 games for Brighton. Yeah. And scored 49 a, goals or something. Yeah, scored, yeah. yeah. So um, he must have been... Not in that game. No, they scored saying, none. He must have been tearing his hair out because he was one of Brighton's best ever players mm-hmm. who's playing in front of a goalkeeper who was literally pulled out of the crowd before <laughs> the game <laughs> and conceded 18. <laughs> I love that. I just love the idea that they've gone. Who who fancies it? Who fancies yeah. a go here, guys? Yeah. Bold to put yourself forward. There's for one. That. There's one Especially player in goal. There's one player in there called Derek Dye, who was a Norwich youth team player, and that was his only appearance for either club. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go through the team names because yeah. they are pretty magnificent? So in goal, pulled from the crowd, conceded 18 goals. You had A Bartram, <laughs> fairly old school. Okay, there's Roy Watts. He was a right back who played six wartime games that's, for for Brighton. That's your dad, mate. Everyone, yeah, everyone's Roy dad's Watts. got a mate called Abs- Roy Watts. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, always two names as well. Yeah. These are like big in the double glazing uh, industry in the area. <laughs> F Pinchbeck, just a fan, played at left back. What's your name? I just put F. Love that. <laughs> Charlie Chase. Charlie Chase. Charlie Chase. Charlie Chase. He, he played sporadically throughout the war. He, he had a career in the music halls, definitely. Yeah, Charlie Chase. Absolutely. <laughs> Did the French yeah. stack in the music halls, definitely. <laughs> Jimmy Ithel. We've mentioned Derek Dye as well. You've got Charlie Harmon, uh, who was actually you know, a pretty good prospect by all accounts. S Bird, another S, just out of the crowd just again, S. played in, inside right. W.A. Stacey, <laughs> slide up front after answering the stewards' call for volunteers, barely touched the ball apparently. Brilliant. Joe Wilson, we've mentioned, and A. Smith, who sounds made up. Uh, fifth and final player. <laughs> it's like a trialist. Yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> yeah. like a, just looks like a con man on the run. Uh, oh, I've got to say yes, now you've picked me. <laughs> looks suspicious. A. Smith. It's sensational stuff, isn't it? Can you imagine how angry um, Jules would have been on the, on the football ramble the, the Monday after night, <laughs> Monday after Christmas, nineteen forty? Vish sitting there yeah. poking fun at me for it. Yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills, or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Hey everyone, Luke here, and just before we get back into the Christmas action, it's time for a Boxing Day edition of Betfair's popular Bet Builder. When you bet fair on the Premier League, you can use Betfair's handy app to place your bet builders. Uh, we've got a load of Christmas football to look forward to, and we've chosen Arsenal versus West Ham for today's popular Bet Builder. It's on Boxing Day at 8pm, should be a cracker, should be a big one, and Pete is up first with his suggestion. Hi, I'm... Uh... Just in a toilet. I'm going to go for Arsenal, West Ham, under 0.5 goals in the first half. Because I think it's post World Cup. Everyone's going to be getting back to full fitness. Uh, and also West Ham, they're not very good on the road against Arsenal. So there we go. All right, so under 0.5 first half goals from Pete. He is predictably expecting a boring first half. Uh, Andy's up next. Hello Ramblers, I hope you're all having a delightful holiday season. I'm going to go in this game for Gianluca Scamacca to have at least one shot in each half. This is the time for giving, of course, and he's got a lot more to give West Ham in this second half of the season. Get it, get it, get it, especially as he didn't go to the World Cup. Scamacca is going to pop off. And he fancy in uh, Scamacca to be uh, well rested after that break where he wasn't at the World Cup and nor was his country um, to come out firing. Nice to see. And Jim is up next. Hello, this is Christmas Jim, and for the Betfair selection this week, I'm going to go for Arsenal to win. Big test of Arteta, obviously. Um, you've got to keep that spirit going. I don't think it's going to be easy, but I, I believe in them, and that's what I'm going to go for. Arsenal to win on Boxing Day. Predictably, looking for an Arsenal win. Uh, a very on-brand for Jim. Um, I think I'll go for Martin Erdegaard to score or assist. He's also had a month off because Norway obviously didn't qualify for the World Cup. I think he's going to be raring to go. Um, and I fancy Arsenal to pick up where they left off. So that's under 0.5 first-half goals. Gianluca Scamacca to have at least one shot in each half. Arsenal to win. And Martin Erdegaard to score or assist. A £5 bet on this popular bet builder will return £162.02 at the time of recording. If we win, all that money will go to Prostate Cancer UK, as is the custom. Exclusive to Betfair Sportsbook. T's and C's apply. 18 plus. And for more information on responsible gambling, head to begambleaware.org. All right, let's get back to the Christmas football chat. (laughs) 
We talked about the English week with all this football happening um, around Christmas time. Luke, you pointed it out earlier on that the, the, in Germany there is a phrase for it as well. Die English wash. And in this English week, there's a few things to look out for because we do see this every single season. This year's a little bit different, obviously, because we've just had the World Cup. But players trying to get carded so that they miss the Boxing Day fixture. But do you think they actually do it? Yes, they do. I've spoken to quite a few players and they admit that... that this okay. is something that happens. Yeah. Name the top three. No, I'm not. Do- I'm not doing that. Actually, in fact, one of them is uh, is about to be mentioned. He wouldn't even mind because he admitted it himself. But um, Howard Webb claimed this back in 2016 that players do this. They they actively seek out yellow cards to get suspended. And former Newcastle and West Ham man Kevin Nolan had a run of five Decembers in a row where he picked up red card suspensions with all but coming just in time for the Christmas and New Year period. And uh, he is one it's of negligent. The, he is one of the players I'm talking about because he's come on BT Sports Score before and we we kind of had a little bit of a joke with him about it. And without actually saying, yes, I have done that, it was fairly obvious that he had But do you that. reckon he's doing him... In the last minute, when I need to, look, I'd need to look at when what minute in the game he's getting sent off at. Because yeah. if it's right at the end, and it's it's kind of a little bit different to if it's like when when he got sent off against Millwall in like the first five minutes or something. It's more to do with the bookings, though, isn't it? It might be that if you've picked up three that, naturally yeah. and you're coming into the Christmas break, you might be just you might just pick up a stupid one here and there, help yourself out. Yeah. I, I, do you think players? properly set out at the start of the season no, thinking right I need no. five between now and Christmas that would be no, proper uh, planning right exactly perhaps that's what Joel Lynch has done um, Joel Lynch uh, formerly played for Brighton he's an absolute master at this he was either injured or suspended for Christmas fixtures between December the 20th and 30th so that 10 day period where we talk about all that football being played in 2009-10 11 12 13 14 15 17 and 18. <laughs> it's hardly consecutive playing. Consecutive yeah. run across that Christmas period where Joel Lynch just for some reason didn't feature. What a teammate. You definitely want yeah. him around you. You definitely want him in the, in, in the <laughs> trenches next to you. It's, in the it's dressing the, room. The name our sister's birthday of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> at least, he, I suppose, in his defence, at least he's saying to you, look, you know what's going to happen. So yeah. plan accordingly. I'm not yeah. going to let you down last minute. I'll just pretend to be injured. This is I'll gonna, just pretend I'm injured, all right? This is always going to happen. <laughs> well, I wonder whether the years where he was injured, as you say, may have actually been years where he wasn't playing enough. So he had to pretend to be injured yeah. because he wasn't playing enough to pick up enough yellow cards. <laughs> That's clever. Maybe. Yeah. Could be, could clever. Be that, yeah. But there oh, you, you go. can get the you can get yellow cards from the bench. True. So you just be quite belligerent I suppose, but you can do it. <laughs> I mean I mean I think that would you do it if you were a professional, Jim? Would you want to have this time off? I, We've already done. I, I would, and that's why I would. Why I'm not a professional. <laughs> it's not the only reason, though, is it? It's, it's one of them. Yeah. It's not in the top hundred, but it is one of them. We've already established that my family hate me, so they'd probably prefer me playing. <laughs> <laughs> well, some thrive at Christmas, some don't. Arsene Wenger has the best ever managerial record on Boxing Day with a seventy-five percent win record. Is his reputation going to be eroded further by his activities with FIFA? People are going to start to overlook that more, or do, do, is that is that maintained I, I think and, and protected his forever? Boxing Day win percentage is always going to be the headline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Steve McLaren obviously has one of the worst, twenty percent. It's not surprising, is it? Arsene Wenger has never won a game on Boxing yeah, Day. That, that would be surprising. interesting. Yeah, Steve McLaren's won every single game on Boxing Day. Would be surprising. <laughs> this is rough, running roughly commensurate with their records overall, probably. <laughs> is there anything in the fact that Newcastle have the worst record? 
in the Premier League on Boxing Day. Just 20 points well, from 25 games, while Man United <laughs> historically have fared best. Is it is it surprising <laughs> that the, the traditionally least professional team in Premier League history have had poor discipline over Christmas and the most professional, notwithstanding the last 10 years, have done brilliantly? Again, it's not that surprising. Yeah. It's a, it's a stag do for a third marriage, isn't it, in Newcastle? <laughs> That's how it's been run for a long time. Doing it at Christmas just to, exactly, get, a bit of, yeah. just to get a little bit of excitement back. Speaking of the stag do sort of uh, theory, um, I wonder whether that's how their Christmas parties were treated as as players. But possibly not now because obviously everything's so watched and so yeah. professional that they probably can't get away with it. But um, it was often a power play for a manager to cancel a club's Christmas party if the team were in a relegation scrap or if they hadn't been playing very well, they'd been on a bad run of form uh, and they'd need to be, you know, focusing on the business side of things, Luke. Um, yeah. But does it actually help? Because Newcastle manager Alan Pardew back in the day, he did that in December 2012 out of respect to our fans, he says, and what we have served them this year. They won their <laughs> next game 1-0 against QPR, but then they got one point in 15 games after that. Yeah, I don't <laughs> probably think... all went out on the lash afterwards. <laughs> well, there we go. We served up something better. Let's get on it. Oh, you've won 1-0. We can have the party now. Let's do it. Yeah. Went on for four days. <laughs> yeah, basically they didn't invite Pardew, no. so he banned it, yeah. and then he's led one himself. <laughs> he, um the interesting thing about kind of footballers' Christmas parties is that it used to be, it was a golden period where they were still allowed to have the kind of outrageous ones. Yeah. But the media knew they were happening. There would always be fancy dress parties. It was where you got the famous Abue fancy dress yes. costume and all the rest of it. And there would be the occasional scrap. Like I remember reports of like, was it Jonathan Woodgate glassing himself in the face was one of them? I think, I don't know if that was a Christmas party, but it Oh, that was just a normal Wednesday, was it? That was just yeah. Wednesday, was it? <laughs> Uh, but but these incidents used to happen, but no one used to care so much. But now it's got a really it's got really earnest now. And I also yeah. think that footballers generally are quite boring overall. So th- I'm not really sure what much goes on these days. Whereas back in the day, they I care think... too much about their fitness now, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. They really drink. Well, it's, it's not that long ago though, that they, they were completely insane. There yeah. was the one where Harry Redknapp said Spurs weren't allowed to have one, so Robbie King took them all to Dublin, and obviously <laughs> news yeah. got back to him, and he was he, apparently he went round telling them all individually why they were why they were a disgrace. Asked Robbie King to come into his office with a list of names, and the rumor is that he just gave him a blank piece of paper and said that's who was there. It's like wow, amazing <laughs> division there. There's a quite dark one as well the, that, the famous Man United one uh, that spoke about there being like 80 hand-picked women yeah. which is a horrific yeah. horrific phrase yeah. and apparently it was well. it's, a, it's, it's, a, a it's a lot I read a piece in The Athletic uh, where Matt Jarvis had been interviewed about this and he said that actually despite how sort of debauched they can get and how kind of it's the sort of night out that if you're not the most kind of extroverted person you might dread a little bit they're really good for team bonding yeah. and actually you see sides to people that you wouldn't otherwise have known were there and oh then you, they're you all the wankers of... in that corner <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. that sort of thing oh you're, yeah. you're surprisingly alright yeah. and then everyone bonds a bit more and apparently Jarvis says in, in that piece that it can actually be quite good for, for results as well and he also talks about how it's kind of inevitable because footballers are sort of fairly corridored in the types of thing that they go that sometimes squads bump into each other on a night out sort of like West Side Story style Anchorman <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> The point where he said, well, exactly that. That's, um, there was a, 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 On one such occasion, a player from one side decided it would be funny to slide tackle a player from another team. <laughs> Very few people saw the joke and it took some rapid diplomacy to stop open warfare breaking out. I mean, that is a big call of a gag, isn't it? That's Amazon Prime. I'd pay for that. Absolutely. <laughs> Get that on all or nothing. I'd, I'd quite like, like to see that, actually. They should do them live. Just Definitely. live stream all of the footballers. That'd be um, great. Christmas parties this year. Send them all together. I, I also yeah. think you can tell Broken a lot. Broken Britain live. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell a lot about um, 
people by the karaoke song they do. So you could take the team down to do karaoke and then just make them all do a karaoke song and they can choose it themselves. And you'd learn a lot about people because you get the really earnest types who do like a serious love song. You get the clowns who just go over the top and do, you know, it'd be interesting to see what everyone picked. What's yours? Wayne Rooney would pick Stereophonics, wouldn't he? Probably, yeah. 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 What's your karaoke Um, song? Because I I take myself way too seriously. So my karaoke (laughs) song was always My Girl by The Temptations. (laughs) Classic tune. (laughs) Bit of Motown though. Bit of Motown. You can't go wrong with Motown. Exactly. What's yours, Jim? See, I I am very averse to karaoke. Um, but if you had to do, if one, I had, this is the thing, isn't it? Did you do, is so, um, hammer smashed face by Cannibal Corpse. I would have, I would have, I in the past, I would have gone for a Louis Armstrong song because nice. you can do it in the voice, but that's oh, yeah. possibly problematic now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I'd probably have to go for a very sincere and earnest attempt at thong song. Although I'm never yes. hitting the key, oh, James. Never I'd, hitting the key. I'd James. love to see you do thong oh, song, Jim. So in a thong. Yeah. In <laughs> a song. Doing the backflip at the exact moment yeah. he does it in the video. I could see Jim doing thong song, tiny little sparkly thong, <laughs> a pair of big Timberland boots on with the socks rolled down, um, and possibly some kind of cowboy hat. Or a Christmas Horrifying. hat as it's Christmas. Yeah, yeah Christmas why not? Why not? Christmas thong. <laughs> you're coming along for the ride with us, are you? You're, in, you're on board with this, are you? I'm absolutely on board. I know. With I bet you're. I bet you're. I can. I can in three guesses name your karaoke song. Hit me. Go on. It's raining men by the Weather Girls. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think I am? Um, my heart will go on, Celine Dion. No, that's my mum's though. Is it? Yeah, she no, loves it. Closer. Get closer. She loves get closer. Finally, one I reckon could be. Come on, so- you should get this. Um, Bootylicious, Beyonce. <laughs> What is it? Uh, Eminem and Dr. Dre forgot about Dre. That's good. That, <laughs> that is, is good. amazing. Every lyric. That is really? Good. Yeah. Well, so you even do the, the, the Eminem, you do the Absolutely, Eminem you do parts and the Dre parts. Yeah, you do both. Okay. You don't cool. need a duet for that. No, fair you, enough. You take it, you run with it on Look your own. Look how serious she's got. I know. But you can tell that she she can nail this. She just looked There's me right in the eye and said, you don't need a duet for that. <laughs> I'm serious about that. Um, I wish I'd known about that for the Ramble Christmas party. Do this for Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Big time. time. Um, Talking about arguments as well, there there is that um, famous one between um, Robbie Savage and Dennis Wise, wasn't there, at at their Christmas party. Um, The trouble started apparently when um, (laughs) Dennis Wise gave Robbie Savage a teddy bear, which was impaled on a sex toy. And he reportedly said, take this because you're the only prick in a Leicester shirt at the moment. Wow. The thing wow. with that is it's such a weird insult. It's... I think I'd, I'd be like, sorry, can you say that again? Can you take me through that yeah. again? Like, I know you're mugging me off, but can Robbie you... Well, would have been confused as well. Anyway, yeah. he wouldn't imagine have that. Do you, do you remember? Like, You might not remember this. He fought but... back, by the way. Did he? Yeah, yeah, he went to the chocolate fountain and got loads of chocolate. That's amazingly petty from Savage. Face. Could you? Why, like how could it. you bother to get a load of chocolate from a chocolate fountain, liquid chocolate, and put it on someone's face? <laughs> well, someone's just given you a, you know, it's like a teddy boy rammed onto a dildo, and essentially gone. This, this is you in bear, some convoluted way. Boy. Did I say teddy boy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like completely different. Very different. <laughs> um, do you remember there was talk um, back in? It would have been oh, ages ago. It would have been probably nineties now. When um, Newcastle United had a player called Alessandro Pistone, yes, and everyone thought he lacked um, lacked heart. He wasn't he wasn't really up for it. Right. And so at the Christmas dinner, someone slammed a sheep's heart on the table in front of him and said, "I don't know. I guess they said that's you. That is what, what psychopath has done that? Should we try and make him never want to play for us again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, on that uh, Dennis Wise Robbie Savage one you talked about, mm. the way it was reported as well in the paper because I read this report uh, again. <laughs> it said. Uh, as you rightly said, Jules, uh, Savage then went to a nearby chocolate fountain to rub chocolate all over Dennis Weiss's face. <laughs> and this is where the newspaper picks up the story, leading to the pair, quote, getting into it. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. 
It's a fist fight, isn't it? Yeah, it's well, It's either a fist fight or they're licking chocolate off each other. <laughs> <laughs> Combining all of the things yeah. that have been involved. Could be uh... like with Teddy Boys. Teddy Boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, look, it is it is the time of year where uh, we've had a particularly cold Christmas, haven't we? Yeah, here, it's, here been really, it's been chilly. really cold. Yeah. It's been freezing. There's been a, a lot of postponed games as well recently. Um, there's been snow, which has actually settled, which actually doesn't often happen because normally when when we get a little bit of snow in England, it doesn't often. Well, not in the south anyway. It doesn't tend to settle. Um, and it made us think about the coldest grounds we've ever been to. Um, What is the coldest ground in English football? The answer anecdotally is actually Oldham's Boundary Park. It's the third highest stadium in England at 155 metres above sea level. But what's the coldest you've ever been at a game? I thought you were going to say to me, what's the highest ground in England? And I know that to be um, the Hawthorns. You're a loser. It's the Hawthorns. Is is it? it? Yeah. Um, But that wasn't the question you asked me. And now I can't remember the question you asked me. So can you ask me again? What is the coldest you've ever been at a football game that you can remember? New Year's Day, I think 2001. Portsmouth nil, Gillingham nil. Uh, Part of the reason I hate Gillingham. Part of the reason I hate Portsmouth. And a large part of the reason I still, to this day, hate myself. Freezing. (laughs) Freezing cold. I can, do you know what? When Jim gives you his answer, I'm going to look up how cold it was that day yeah. in Portsmouth. Go on then. Google I mean, that. Mine would probably just be the Emirates, to be honest, at the, at the Winter Games. Mm. Um, I, I don't really have too, memories of, too many memories of being um, that cold at games because I, I am naturally very tough. I'm a very, <laughs> I'm a very cold person. Mm. You won't be surprised to hear. Um, I am always freezing. No matter how many layers, no matter how... I, I'm like known for wearing like three pairs of socks and still getting cold. Like my feet are always freezing. I've got terrible circulation. But I would say of all of the, I'll go with the Premier League grounds, Southampton is one of the coldest. And I don't know why. It's just because the wind rips windy. off the sea. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a so windy and yeah. freezing cold. And guess where I'm going to be on Boxing Day this year? I'm yeah. going to be at Southampton because Brighton are playing them. And actually, this is a really rare year where I'm not working on Boxing Day, which is going to feel really weird. It's because all the games are on Amazon. So we don't have a BT Sports score show because people are obviously just going to watch the games instead of watching people watch the games. And... Um, it's going to be odd because yeah. I'm so used to I love to that having... you're still going to football. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a rare Christmas as well that my parents are actually in the country. So my dad's going to be here. So I said to dad, do you fancy going to a game? Because he doesn't normally get to do the traditional English football stuff either because my parents live in the Caribbean. So it's going to be nice going down to Southampton. Hopefully we'll batter them for you, Luke. That sentence has never been uttered before. <laughs> it's going to be nice going down to Southampton on Boxing Day. <laughs> no way. Um, the temperature on January 1st, 2001 in Portsmouth was 1.4 degrees. That's not even minus. Not that cold. You but absolute you've, no, but you've wimp. Got, you've got to get factor in the wind whipping off the solar. Yeah. It's, it, the wind chill factor is going to be very, very brutal. Mm. And I probably wasn't adequately dressed either. Uh, because I was you know, young and thought I didn't need a coat or something like that. So that's what sticks in my mind. Well, traditionally, there have been some amazing Boxing Day, Day games, haven't there? Um, 1963, always heralded as a legendary day in English football with 10 games and a ridiculous 66 that gets That gets wheeled out on Twitter, the score. Yeah. The list yeah. of scores every single Boxing Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, a, it's a popular quiz question at Christmas, isn't it? Yeah. How many goals? It raises the interesting question, do hangovers make football more entertaining? For yes, the spectator, because that's yes, clearly what's happened. Yeah, 100%. Do you remember that mad game between Chelsea and Aston Villa? It was a four-all draw, 2007. There were three red yeah. cards in the game and I some incredible it. goals as well. Avram Grant versus Martin O'Neill and Shevchenko scored a bullet yes. from outside the box into the top corner. It was one of the, probably the best goal Shevchenko scored for Chelsea that I can remember. 
think Michael Ballack might have scored that day as yeah, well. Yeah, he did. He did. And, and Carvalho got sent off for kicking the shit out of Gabby Agbon the whore. <laughs> Two foot. Which is something we could all get behind. Have a listen to his <laughs> post-playing post, uh, career output. Absolute madness, that game. But it, it does tend to throw up some of those. Uh, remember the 5-1 as well? Man City beat Hull and it was the Phil Brown day. That was Phil Brown, Brown the pitch. Yes. The yeah. Phil Brown day. Do you remember Phil Brown used to have his... That was the Phil Brown Bluetooth era. Yeah. We had the Bluetooth thing <laughs> in his ear yeah. during That was games. his peak, really, wasn't it? It's incredible stuff. What happened to those Bluetooth things? Like, why did they get eradicated? Um, people realised they, they look like a twat. Yeah. And they just went, you know what, let's not do this anymore. I can imagine you have mine in, in your own in your Range Rover. Absolutely not. not. Th- Phil Brown's peak was when he drove a- rode across the US on a motorbike on his own. Yeah. That was definitely his peak. That was, that that was, was around that, that era. That was post-Hull, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, it probably was, yeah. His, yeah. his reason for actually doing that on the pitch, by the way, um, his explanation was, I thought it was nice and cold and I thought I'd keep the boys alive because they looked as if they were dead. Over 4,000 travelling fans deserve some kind of explanation for the first half performance and it was difficult for me to do that from the confines of the changing room. He might as well have just made up his own language at that point. It would have made as much sense as <laughs> yeah. that explanation. Yeah. It's not a good explanation. I need to give the fans a half-time explanation here and I can't do that in the dressing room. First of all, you don't need to give them a first... <laughs> You've yeah, got the rest of the seen. game to play. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. It is silly. The man is a maniac. He is. He is. Um, so, what are your plans for Boxing Day then, Jimmy? You're not going to the football, I take it? Uh, no, no. Just going to be very, very family orientated. Are Arsenal away from home then, Boxing Day? Uh, Arsenal play West Ham at the Emirates on okay. Boxing Day, but I'm not going to go to the game. No. Oh, you should. I will watch it from home. Fair enough. That's the spirit. <laughs> yeah, it'd probably be freezing. <laughs> I would. I would be going if my teams weren't away from home. Yeah. So I can't, I can't, unless I just go down to the local park. Yeah, that might be a bit weird. Uh, for me, it's because my family aren't into, aren't into football, so... Fair hey, how are you feeling though, Jim? Coming back, Arsenal, top of the league. Bit, um, bit nervous. Gabriel Jesus injured. That's the problem, yeah. yeah they broke our teddy bear. Teddy boy. Happy or sad. Yeah, um, Yeah. so I'm, I'm a bit nervous, got to be honest. It feels like one of the wheels is starting to shake a little oh. bit, you know? Well, it's exciting, isn't it? The Premier League's back. I think. I think yeah, to answer the question at the top of the show, like Christmas football is a really big English tradition, and I'm really yeah. glad because you know if you're fortunate enough to be in a job where you know you don't really do much work over Christmas, then it's great to have football to watch. It's, it feels it feels synonymous to me. It feels as synonymous as the as the World Darts Championship, which I absolutely love every uh, year as well. Yes. That is a big part of Christmas for me now and my family. We love watching it, so I think sport can be a great bringer together of families, and football's no exception. Yeah, I agree. Well. I think that's all we've got time for. But yeah. all that leaves me to say is Merry Christmas to everyone listening. Merry yeah. Christmas, Luke. Merry Christmas to you too. Have a good one. I hope you get spoiled. Jim, Merry Christmas to you and yours. Merry Christmas to you and yours as well. I hope you get to wear that sparkly thong for Christmas. <laughs> That'd be a treat for Got to be a Patreon special, that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. Uh, and thanks, guys, as always, for listening to the Football Ramble and for joining us on another Football Ramble Guide too. We are going to be back on the 27th with a ramble looking back on all the Boxing Day action. But in the meantime, Meantime, have a bloody Merry Christmas and go and fill your boots. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.